Baruch Hashem of the Schuz to continue learning the Chavzat Talmidim, the Sefer Chavzat Talmidim, which we should finish Mitzvah shortly. The um, the Maimer on Shabbos, which we started before the summer, begins with a little bit of a Chazara, some of the. You say this that we learned in, in, in Maimur Beis in the earlier Mamarim regarding the Kaychus Hanefesh we spoke about and the the Seder of the Tzimtzum and the Eilimus again the Rebbe himself reminds us this is what we were last, what we were last doing uh, at the end of page Reish Lamed Aleph we are on page uh, the page, I'm sorry, the end of Reish Lamed Gimel and the beginning, we're at the top of Reish Lamed Dalad Hadavad Daimel Leish that's where we're up to where the Rebbe was explaining that in order for us to understand what's missing from Shabbos these days the Rebbe was explaining based upon Chazal and the Psikta that there are two dargis of Shabbos there's the Shomer Belev and there's the Zohar Bepeh the Zohar Bepeh, one fulfills the remembering of Shabbos <coughs> verbally by Kiddush and by Havdalah and then the Rebbe spoke about other our uh, our commitments to our commitment to keeping Hilchas Shabbos but what's missing to a great extent was missing in the time of the Rebbe and, and, and now as well is the Shomer Belev is that is that feeling for Shabbos is experiencing Shabbos really for what it's supposed to be, the Shomer Belev, and the Rebbe was explaining how the 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 reality of his time that there was an increasing amount of Chilul Shabbos uh, was due to the fact that the Shomer Belev, that guarding of Shabbos in the heart, that feeling for Shabbos, that understanding of what Shabbos is all about, was was um, missing. And as a result of that, people began to think, they began to see Shabbos as simply as a day of rest. Halacha defines it as a day of rest, and people understood that it's a day of Menucha. And eventually what that led to is that people, that people felt that the Menucha should be experienced the way that they like to experience Menucha. And each person has his own way of, of, of living the day of rest in a restful uh, and quiet way. And the Rebbe describes... What began to take place is the stores left open a little bit later on Friday, and it opened a little bit earlier. Masay Shabbos. <clears throat> this all came from the from the mistake, the terrible mistake, that the Rebbeinu gave us Shabbos to enjoy, and each person would define that enjoyment according to what he thought was enjoyable. And the reason that the reason that it, it has fallen to, into such a state was because of a lack of understanding of what Shabbos really is and that Shabbos is the day of Einig HaNeshamas of the, uh, that all the Neshamas in Gan Eden and the whole higher world is illuminated with a special, special Kayach of Ahav and year that is Shabbos and the Rebbe goes on to explain that in order for us to really appreciate what Shabbos is and in order for us to feel Shabbos we have to we have to understand the the Indian of Malchus, what Malchus means. Since Chazal have described Shabbos in such a way as uh, a marshal 
the of the of Klai uh, Yisrael being the bride and 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 Shabbos Kalan Shabbos Malkisa and Shabbos itself the Zara Kodesh Shabbos itself is Malchus the Zara identifies Shabbos as Malchus Shabbos is Malchus and the relationship between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and and Klai Yisrael the, is the, the relationship between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Shabbos is the relationship between a Zoch and a Keva, a male and a female, a king and a queen. <clears throat> so we need to know what is Malchus and Knesset Yisrael. What is the meaning of Malchus and Knesset Yisrael? And in order to explain that, the Rebbe is going to have to review a little bit some of the Hagdamas that we learned about uh, in the Indian of the Seder of the four elements of the four worlds and he warns us in the on the top of he warns us that there is no way that people in our Madrega, people like us can really understand this can really learn this properly Nevertheless, the little that we can understand, and using the Mishalim, the examples that the Rebbe is going to use, that it's that it's, it's definitely possible for us to at least cling to the edge of this and to understand enough that our entire Shabbos should be different. And then the Rebbe is going to move from that into the most into the, into the most beautiful, beautiful explanation of Eishes Chayil and his stories of what all of us can think about on Friday night, can think about on Shabbos, and how our avodah can be dramatically dramatically transformed as a result of a proper understanding of what is the meaning of Shabbos Malkasa. That we should be able to we should be able to live in that way of Shamar Belev, of guarding Shabbos in our hearts, not only to be Shaymer Shabbos, to keep Shabbos and Zakhabata officially, but that there should be a Shmish Shabbos Belev. The only reason it's possible to understand what's become of Shabbos, you know, people strolling around and you know in their weekday clothing and and playing ball and and reading novels and newspapers and looking at their watches until Shabbos is over and so on. It's not because they it's not because they don't want to keep Shabbos. It's because they don't understand what Shabbos is and the greatness of Shabbos and Bechlal, Dveikis Tashab and so on. So we need to learn the the sugya of of Malchus and of Knesset Yisrael and Shabbos and what happens every single Shabbos. Obviously, this is only a, a tiny tiny introduction to the Indian. It certainly is recommended that any person that wants to have an appreciation for Shabbos and to understand the Yisaitis of Shabbos in the in the Pneumius of what Shabbos is, shall learn the Sidurish of Shabbos of the Berman Chaim from cover to cover and to know it well. <clears throat> that's that's where we find that these Yisaitis that the Rabbi talks about are developed and uh, uh, developed fully. Um, it, it's remarkable to me that so many books that have been translated to English that, that should have remained in Lashna Kaidish that, that, and Sidush uh, Shabbos is waiting for a ghoul, waiting for redemption. And Bechlal, in general, it seems to me part of the part of the neglect that Shabbos is experiencing. And I don't mean when it comes to business, Shabbos is very, very big because everybody shamer Shabbos when it comes to business. But I'm saying shamer when shmir believe that shamer believe. What Shabbos really is in Pneumius <coughs> needs to be needs to be uh, learned properly. So when Reish Lamedal, where it says Hadova Daimel Ish Shera Harim Shainim, Hadova Daimel Ish Shera Harim Shainim Gedayel Muktanim. 
Ubehem Kharim Rechalainus. The Rebbe is explaining this problem that we have, talking about great and exalted matters that are discussed in Kabbalah, and and how is it possible for people like us, even though we don't understand these concepts uh, on a deeper level, why is it nevertheless important and why is it meaningful for us to grasp them on some level? So he says that there's a person who's looking at a mountain. He saw he saw um, uh, um, some mountains, great mountains and small mountains, and he saw that there were holes and windows on the mountainside. And carved into the mountains were different towers and buildings. And he asked, what is all of this? They explained to him that this is a fortress. As we've seen many times, you see that to sell in other places, that that's how, that's how um, these fortresses were made. This is a fortress of And in the mountains themselves, there are carved... There are these caves and these rooms and these chambers. Ubishas Milchama and at a time of war, the soldiers are able to go into those caves on the side of the mountain. And through the holes and through the windows they're able to shoot down at the enemy. Now, even after you've told this guy, first he didn't know what's going on over here. What are, the, what are these holes and windows on the, on the mountainside? Now we've told him that this is used as a fortress during the time of war, and, and they're able to shoot through those windows. So does that mean that just because he knows that, just because he knows this, that, in other words, that this is a fortress, does that mean that he knows as Teichen Kol HaMivzar, he knows the, the contents, he knows what's in there, he knows really what it's all about. So the way that the, that the, way that the uh, general or, or whoever over there would, who's in charge, the way he knows and understands the Mivzar, the fortress. Sar HaMivzar, Yodeya is called Pratiyosev, the Cholmini HaNeshek Shabbat. The, the general over there, the one who's in charge of the fortress, he knows all of the details and he knows all of the weapons and so on. He knows all the different supplies, the food that is there. The Ramas and he knows where on the mountainside, where in those in those rooms uh, are, are different different strategies that they that they've prepared in order to in order to uh, in order to trick, in order to, to uh, trick the enemy, all kinds of, all kinds of ditches and pits that if the enemy comes there, that uh, that that he'll be able to to that uh, they'll be able to to um, capture and to destroy. So both the simple person from the outside who was now informed that this is a fortress and the general, they both have one basic idea that this is a fortress. They know that this is a fortress. They know this is used at a time of war. But the Tsar knows everything about the place. He knows its entire toich and its contents. He knows all of the details. The simple guy, he doesn't really know everything there. 
Rak Bechlal, Ezi Yediyah, who Yodeya Shazel, Mirza, Mukhan, Liyan, Krav. He just knows the Bechlal. It's a fortress that's ready, that's prepared in, in case of war. Lachain Lobulvad She'en Yediyah So Shleima. So not only is his knowledge of the fortress incomplete, even what he knows, meaning that it is a fortress, even what he knows is a very, very weak and very dim and insufficient type of knowledge. His whole musig, his whole understanding, the whole concept of what a mivtsar is, of what a fortress is, is, is pchus, is very small. After he sees this, any anywhere else he goes, and he and he's told that over here you have a basement that's uh, or that's been fortified, or any other place that looks like that that resembles in his mind the mitzvah, the fortress. He would say, "Oh, that's also a mitzvah. That's a mitzvah. That's also a fortress." Even though, of course, people would laugh and say, "It's not a fortress; it's a basement." Or it's a, or it's dumb. It's a, it's a, a little bit of a shelter of some sort, but a mitz or a fortress is a, just because what he saw was that there, that there are hidden rooms that are prepared for war, and he identifies everything now with this mitzer, with this fortress, meaning with his meager, with his meager and incomplete knowledge of what a fortress is. If he knew all the chachmas and saidas, if he knew all the all of, all that goes into into the mitzvah and all the secrets of the mitzvah and the chachmas, how is it called yidiyosum is chalafes bekerbo? V'hayiraya shemikaidim lahayla musigbar betzim mitzvahu. If now, if he would take a grand tour. An, an extensive tour of the Mitzar, and it would be explained to him by the general, by the Sahar Mitzar, he would realize that, oh, everything that I thought is mamish, it's, uh, I, I didn't really know what the Mitzar was. I didn't really have a musig of what the Mitzar was. If you've ever noticed, any time you read a newspaper article, this, I, you know, over the years, Growing up and reading different, or whenever there was an article, let's say the New York Times Sunday Magazine, all of a sudden, any time there was a, any time there was a, an article about about Orthodox Jews, and all of us gobbled them up, right? We always, whenever there was anything about Hasidim or about Orthodox Jews or B'chlal about Jews, we would right away get you know get that article or get copies of the article, and all of us would sit in the, sit in our dormitory rooms or in our homes, and we would read these we would read these articles, and every time we read them, we saw that it was filled from beginning to end with unbelievable blaring mistakes. So somebody went to interview a couple of Yidin in, in Williamsburg, and then they wrote like a whole critique of, of the Hasidic movement since the time of the Baal Shem Because <laughs> he spoke this like some dumb butcher on the avenue. <laughs> and, and, and even that, he, he, he didn't understand what the butcher was talking about, because probably the butcher knew what he was talking about, but he didn't know how to express it. Anytime you read any article in the newspaper about something that you know, you realize that they don't know what they're talking about. That means that any time there's an article about Pakistan, any Pakistani that reads that knows that the whole thing is is all filled with lies and distortions. Mr. a person that really understands the stock market well when he reads something in the paper, understands also do all kinds of all kinds of mistakes and all kinds of misconceptions. It's it's it, 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 it's um, it comes from a person who is assigned and who's being paid a salary to 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 take the knowledge that he's gained in an hour. We're going to have an hour, or if, he, if he's more thorough, he'll spend a couple of days and he'll come around and he'll ask a couple of people some questions, and now he's going to evaluate the Orthodox Jewish scene in America. 
he doesn't understand the Shirish, he doesn't understand what it means, what's a Yid, he doesn't understand what America what America has meant to us and how difficult it's been to sustain Yiddishkeit here and so on. He doesn't have a feeling for that. He didn't live, you know, he, he, he didn't live, uh, you know, uh, on Delancey Street someplace in a tenement in, 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 in 1910. You know, he doesn't understand what that means, Bechlal. He understands what, what's a Shabbos, what's a Yontif. So the ones that are really, really, really sincere, they'll go and they'll, they'll live, you know, for, for a week or two. You know, they'll spend some time uh, uh, among among the people and, and try to get an understanding and feeling fit. And then when you read the article, you see all kinds of crazy things. And, you, and, and you, you're, you're lying there reading this thing. You say, that's not true. That's not true. That's not what it is. It's just not true. So everything that you read in the newspaper is a chazaka that is not true. This is a chazaka. It's not true. It's just how come, how come it looks to you like it's interesting or, or like it's in, in, informative? It's only because it's more than you know. So then, you know, you read something about Pakistan, and you say, oh, look at that, you know, uh, that's what they do in Pakistan, that's interesting. And you read that, because we don't know anything. If we would then go and live in uh, in that place, and we would experience it in Bahamas, and we would see it from the inside, we, our entire understanding of what Pakistan is would be completely changed. We'd be, we'd be taught, and our old understanding would seem so silly, it would be ridiculous. We'd throw out, you'd look at that article, like any serious scholar looks at these at these newspaper articles and lives. And then any person who's living in that place looks at the, at the, at the book that the scholar has written and laughs at the, at, the, at the book that the scholar has written. Until you get back all the way, all the way to the Shirish of, of what? Of the Zikainim, of the elders who are living in that place and have experienced it for the last 70, 80 years and understand what it means through life's experiences and so on. <clears throat> so, so the Rebbe is explaining that 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 um, that's why you know there there are people so you have somebody that that read like uh, some English book an, an introduction to uh, to Jewish mysticism and he and, and he thinks he's a makubal or something and and when and uh, and and when a person uh, or, or a person that has uh, that, that that looked a little bit you know he he learned uh, you know in his whole life uh, forty blot of Gemara which he doesn't even remember and he thinks he's like you know one of the Tanoim. And he's able to say uh, all kinds of chedushim, and he's and he's ready to write a sefer. And and, and uh, th- this is this is um, what the Rebbe is explaining. When a person when a person really doesn't know all the chachmas and saitis, all of the wisdom and all the secrets, so when he does find out, then all that he knew before then is mischalaf is It's all changed. And he saw that really Lahaila Musak he never really understood what a fortress was. You know, he didn't really understand. He didn't he understood that at a time of war this is used as a way for for our army to not not, not uh, to give an advantage for our army over the enemy and so on. He understood that. And you know what? That understanding that he has is is, is not wrong. It's not wrong. But it's so incomplete that when he, when he'll truly understand what the mitzvah is, it, it'll 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 um, seem that all that he knew before was so silly and ridiculous. Now that he only knows this little piece of information, he just knows in general. He doesn't really have specific understanding. He's left always with all kinds of questions. And there are many things about the, about the fortress that he doesn't understand. If he's a humble, intelligent person who realizes that his lack of understanding is due to his own deficient 
and superficial um, knowledge of what the of what the mivtzer uh, is. But if he's not a humble person, like you have many people that they that they don't know anything about Yiddishkeit, they never learned Torah, but they they argue about Yiddishkeit. You could have a discussion with them. This has happened to all of us, and it happens all the time. That somebody that has no hasog of Yiddishkeit, and he has certain questions about God, he has certain questions about the Torah, and and his uh, assumption is that there's something wrong. There's something missed. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with the Yiddishkeit. There's something wrong with the Torah, because after all, you know, he, he you know, uh, he's been he's been reading uh, he's been reading uh, whatever the Jewish press for 40 years, and you'd think that Arnold Fine would have already covered all of these <laughs> subjects, and his knowledge of Yiddishkeit is so complete and so thorough, or a person that studied a little philosophy, he read a little bit about religion. Or he experienced once uh, Shabbos someplace or whatever it might be, and he thinks that he knows the entire fortress and he knows all of the intricacies of the fortress, and therefore he has a million questions about about little things that he sees on the outside that he doesn't understand. And and if he's humble, then he realizes, well, of course I don't understand. I don't really know what the fortress is about. I never really went inside, and if I never went inside, I never studied it. I, I, I don't know what's what's there. I only know about it in a general way. And how and how could I have the chutzpah to uh, to assume? That there's something wrong, or there's something, uh, there's some mistake with, with that which I don't know. Uh, a person that's less humble will look at the, will look at the uh, will will look at that at Yiddishkeit. The same way this guy that sees it on the outside, he knows that in general there's something here about this religion, and it's, they believe in one God, and and they believe in Moses and Mount Sinai and so on. And then, but but it, but he thinks that he, he comes to conclusions that he knows everybody, he knows what the whole thing is about, and he understands it, and therefore he has curses, and this isn't the way it should be, and this is not the way it should be, and this is not. Uh, so he, he asks Mahuet, says, uh, "What's this tree doing over there?" He doesn't know. That how much planning went into having that tree exactly at that place by the fortress. There's a chokhmah of how it was planned to, to put that tree exactly in that place. He doesn't know. And he doesn't why do you have all of a sudden, why do you have a, a, a why is there a boar, why is there a, a, an open pit over there? That's, that's, that's a bad place to have it. I would never put it there. He doesn't realize that the whole chachmah of, of, of how that was arranged and how that was done. Some case the enemy comes here or goes there. He doesn't understand any of this. He just knows in general. It's a mitzvah. Lama Zevazen, he's a million kashas. Like, you know, the famous, the famous uh, Moshe of the Chavetz Chaim said, well, the person has, a, uh, has all these kashas on the Rabbani Shalom, has all these kashas on Yiddishkeit. He said it's like a person who, who's a, a guest in town and he walks into a shul. There's been a shul in this place for a hundred years. He walks into a shul and it comes time for it comes time for Kriya and Torah. And the and the uh, and the gabai calls up from Aliyah. There's one guy calls up from this corner. And there's another guy calls up from the other corner. It's a big shul calls up from this place. There's another guy that he calls, and the, and the guy was just leaving to go outside, and they have to call him, you know, have to reel him back in. Hey, hey, you got, you got. They called you up. This guy looks at all of this, and he and he comes afterwards, and he says to the guy, "What kind of a place are you? You guys are crazy. There's no say there." He says, "What do you mean?" He says, "What do you call? You call this guy from from left field. You call this guy from right field. You call this guy from here. This guy's leaving. You don't have a say. He's supposed to, you know, you go by the aisle." You go, you go, in, you go in order. There's a, there's a, there's a first, there's a second, there's a third aisle. You go in order, or you go in order, let's say alphabetical order. But there, there's a, you know, there, there's no say. There's just from all over the shul. You, the people are coming for Elias. So the Gabi says to him, you know, you, you, you know, you don't know anything about the shul. We, we're, we're in existence for many, many years. That person has yard site today. 
the guy that the guy that went for the guy that went for Shlishi has yard sign. Uh, the, the the guy that went over, the guy that went uh, this he he, he had uh, a simcha yeah, but you don't know the people the chavetz chaim says so you don't know that that there's a there's a seder meduyak the chavetz chaim said there's a very very clear seder you don't know it and I know it and if I wouldn't go with the seder everybody knows what happens if somebody feels that he was left out of the uh, of the uh, seder of the shul and he feels that he belongs in the seder. So he either finds another shul, or he gets all upset, and, and, and they have to have a, a committee talk to him, and so on and so forth. But there's a there's a there's a shul. The Chavetz Chaim says, "This is that you're new in town. You walk into a place, you know who you think you touched it up because you look at the room, you think you have it all touched up by your seder. Same thing. A person." The Rebbe says that a person looks at this mitzvah. He was told that this is for a time of war. This is how it works. And, and now he comes to all kinds of maskanis. And now he says, this tree doesn't belong here. This belongs there. This is how it's supposed to be. Of that, so if he's an intelligent person. And he, he understands that he doesn't understand. He realizes that he's that he's lacking he, he's lacking the basic yisaidus and what this place is. He doesn't really know it. He's not going to ask kashes. He's not going to ask questions on all the riddles that are before him and all the and all the mysteries that 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 he sees. He's not going to ask kashes. And so it is with our inyan. This subject of Malchus, this which is the last sphere, which is Malchus, which is Shabbos, which is Knesset Yisrael, which is the Shechina. As she writes him on the Varbiza that I now want to explain. Who who ha inyan Malchus Knesset Yisrael? She is a bizarre kaddish of the Svar Makadoshim. I'm going to be talking to you about the same fortress. In other words, I'm not going to say anything that's not. It's not the fortress. Everything I'm going to say is about Shabbos, it's about Malchus, it's about Knesset Yisrael. It's the same, it's the same Malchus that's, that's discussed in the Zohar and the Kisveri. I'm not going to change anything. But you're only going to see the edge, the outside of what Malchus is. It's true, what I'm going to tell you is true, just like what the person sees with the fortress, his, his his way of seeing the fortress only from the outside. It's true. What he sees is true. But he just doesn't, he just, he knows that he doesn't know what's going on on the, on the deeper level inside the fortress. So the Rebbe says, whatever I'm going to tell you is, is true, but it's only katseyotir, it's only, it's only the edge, the outside. Lachain, therefore, kishenir ma'at So when I'm going to try to explain some of the psukim, of Eishaschayel, the whole the the whole Eishaschayel is about Malchus and about Knesset Yisrael. And I've mentioned this many times. And that's uh, of course that's disappointing because the hardworking housewife thinks that it was that, that Shlomo Melech created this for her, and that and that that's why he's put into the into the Zmiris and so on and so forth. And I even told you about a certain. Uh, a certain uh, rabbi who told his his uh, people that they that they that when they say Eishaschal that they should bring the wife to the head of the table and stand the wife next to, to, to the husband and the husband should actually recite to her Eishaschal miyimtza the rachok mipninim michra 
Right? So all of that comes from a person who sees the Eishas Chal from the outside, outside, outside. He sees us talking about a nice, a nice woman. So Eishas Chal, and certainly the Pesukim there apply to our wives. So he looks at he looks at that, and he and he and he says, well, that that I guess that's it. And if someone would tell this rabbi, um, which I once tried to do, and and 20 years ago, if somebody would tell him that he needs to look look a little bit into the Zohar, this understand. Why, what is the Eshcha? Why was it put into the Friday night meal? What's it about? And to look and to understand. So he, he said that's all hocus pocus and, and that's not what Shalman Aleph meant. Not what the Zarekha said. Only what he said is what the Zara means. Is, not, is what, is what Shalman Aleph meant. He understands what Shalman Aleph was talking about. And Rabbi Shimbai Chai uh, was, was, was God forbid, was hocus pocus. So this is, this is what the Rebbe was talking about on the top of the page. The person that thinks he knows when he sees something from the outside. So the Rebbe says, I'm going to try to explain to you some of the Pesukim of Eishas Chayel. Sh'aymin Belel Shabbos Kodesh, that we say Friday night. Okagavne. Or a little bit, a little bit we're going to see later on when we, when we say Kagavne. What's Kagavne? We say Friday night in the Nusach Sfat, Kagavne. The whole Shabbos is in Kagavne. Which is a piece of the Zarqa, listen to Kagavna, the person to understand, to learn what's the Pshat and Kagavna, what does it mean Kagavna? What's that what is that feel? Why do we come into Shabbos? That's the that's the Chasim of Kabbalah Shabbos as we say, Kagavna Misyachadin Laila. What is the Kagavna? So in order to explain the Kagavna, he says I'm not going to at this time, I can't explain every single word, every pasuk, and every word. I'm only trying to give you a general understanding to introduce you to this, that you should, from the outside, that you should have an awareness uh, enough that you will want the rest of your life to to find out more what's inside those rooms. But I can't explain to you in this chibur. I can't explain to you what everything means. But still, what I am going to tell you, the little bit that I'm going to talk to you about, it's all emes. It's true. That, in other words, I'm saying to you the truth of what's in the Zarakadosh, and even the biggest one of the chacham can't say that what I'm telling you is not true. It's all true. It's just they'll say, this is not the whole picture. Come on. And the, and the Rebbe is saying, I'm not giving you the whole picture, but what, I'm tell, what I am giving you is the edge, and the edge is true. And like the Baal Shem Tov said, that when you're holding on to the edge, you're holding on to the entire thing, right? If you hold on to the edge of a garment, you're actually holding on to the entire garment. And, and of course, our responsibility is to try to go further and further to understand over the course of our lives more and more. But even from understanding a little bit of Ephes Katsayutir, even by understanding a little bit of what Malchus is, a little bit of what Knesset Yisrael is, so then we'll have a, a, a different Shabbos. It'll be an entirely different Shabbos. So now the Rebbe reviews some of the Yisaitis. We'll do it quickly in Ice Base. Hine Bemaimer Harishan. In the first Maimer. He says, I explained a little bit, we learned a little bit of this, of what Simpson means, of how Hashem is constricted and concealed his infinite light. 
in order that there should be able to be a created world where there would be physical reality and free choice. And we spoke about that, as you recall, at length. The Rebbe used the muscle of the funnel that we spoke about, the mashpech, and the wine that was being poured through the mashpech. In order to help us understand, you recall that last year we were using, in modern terms, the muscle of the electric generator or the electricity that was coming from uh, Con Edison uh, uh, all the way into the outlets and to the appliances that a person has in his own home that that vast uh, that vast uh, light that's in Con Edison of course it's a very it's a very weak muscle because it's it's finite and so on but the muscle of the of the vast um, um, light that is or the energy the electricity that's contained in the generator in the plant and and uh, how we are able to use this light or this electricity only after it's gone through many, many, many symptoms, many descents and constrictions of that powerful energy. Obviously, if, we, if you plug, if you plug your microphone into, or if you plug your, your if you plug your refrigerator into the into the uh, into the generator, it would it would explode. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be able to, or it just wouldn't function. So we learned at great length back then how um, that energy that's in Ken Edison has to descend through many, 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 many levels and all different types of Caleb until finally it's able to go through that appliance and that appliance itself constricts and directs that energy that's coming from Ken Edison that it should be used in the refrigerator to cool things off and in the heater to, 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 to heat up the room so that's where people came to the mistake that there must be a god of the refrigerator and there must be a god of the heater Right? which is what happened in ancient times, because of all the different ways that God's light flows into the world, through different constrictions and different calums. So some people came to understand, they looked at reality, and they said, well, there's a God of the trees, there's a God of the flowers, there's a God of the refrigerator, there's a God of this, and there's a God of that. Because each thing is functioning in, so different, in, in such a different way from the other. So how could it be that there's one God? And we spoke back then, Last year, Barichas, we learned how the Rebbe is explaining how the infinite, infinite, undifferentiated light of Hashem descends through all the Eilamas. And as it goes through the Eilamas, it, uh, it, it takes on the characteristics of the Kalim as it travels through each, kalim, uh, each Kli into that Eilam. So the Rebbe explains here. He says, V'avsha tzimtzumim rabim. Even though there are many, many tzimtzumim. It's not just one constriction. It's, there are many, many tzimtzum. We spoke about the four basic levels of existence. Atzilas, Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. The four basic worlds from the highest of Atzilas, which means Eitzel, closeness, nobility, and Bria, creation, Yitzir, formation, Asiya, and Action. The four worlds. We were able to apply our knowledge of the Tzimtzum as in general it takes place through four general levels. Remember, there are four general worlds of Atsilas, Biyotsi, and Asiya. Four general levels of reality, but in between there are infinite levels of descent from one to the other, infinite levels of descent from one world to the lower world, although each lower world contains within it, in a hidden way, the entire essence of the higher world. 
Just like we're living in the physical world, the world of Asiya. And yet in, in this very world of Asiya, we still are, we st- it still contains in it that the infinite king, the infinite master of the universe is contained in every single rock and every single tree and leaf and so on just in a very hidden, constricted and, with, uh, and, and, and uh, diminished form so there are four general worlds and the Rebbe was explaining in the Mimer in the first Mimer that, car- that we, we also spoke about the different levels of a person's of a person's spiritual reality we spoke about Nefesh uh, about Nefesh Ruch Neshama and Chaya Yechida not really because Yechida again is hovering outside or above reality but we spoke about how the human being consists a Yid is a Nefesh Ruch Neshama and Chaya and and that in order for us to understand what is a, what is a, a human being what's a Yid, what's a Jew so one has to have a, an understanding of the different levels of reality of the four elements. We spoke about that uh, great length in the first Mayimah. And back then, the Rebbe said, we, we used a moshul of a funnel. That only as it gets narrower and narrower, is it is uh, is it able to is it able to um, uh, bring forth the wine that the wine should be able to be contained in the cups and the glasses that are that are put there? But if you would take the barrel of wine, just a big barrel, those huge vats of wine, and you get somebody comes into the somebody comes into the wine cellar and says, you know, I'd, I'd like a, uh, you know, I'd like this type of. Uh, this type of wine. So, oh, sure. And he goes over and they have like a, you know, a million gallon vat. And he says, hold your cup there, please. Right? And they take a, the guy takes a crane and like tips it over. So then that's the end of the guy. It's the end of the glass. It's the end of the, uh, uh, of uh, any pleasure that he wanted to have by a little, having a little cup of wine. It, of course, it's not possible. So therefore, the wine has to go through, the wine has to travel through tzimtzumim, has to go through constrictions and reductions, and it has to be contained through different, different, different levels of all kinds of funnels and so on. But finally, the guy, the guy's able to have in a cup, he's able to have the wine. And that, but that wine, it's still emis, that it's the wine that comes from the, and it contains in it the wine that's from the original place. It's just that it's gone through many tzimtzumim. Avlo lama gam mechulokim la'arba. I didn't explain that. I spoke in general why there has to be why there have to be many constrictions and and it has to go through these tzimtzumim in order to come to this world in order that we should be able to be alive and function in a world of free choice. But I didn't go through why I didn't explain why is it necessary that there be these divisions of different levels and different worlds. Just that in general, the light has to be constrained. The light has to be constricted and 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 it has to be dimmed. But I didn't talk about the stops that it makes along the way. I didn't talk about the different madregas, the different islands. I only spoke in general. In a funnel, you have the large, you have the open end, and then you have the then you have the narrow place where the wine travels through. Just like with the shayfer, right? So with the shayfer in general. So the shofar consists of two parts. It has the merchav and it has the and has the meitzar. It has the wide, expansive part where the sound comes out of on the end, and it has the metzumzum dikkah part, the tiny part where a Jew puts his mouth, and that's the that's the the opening, the little opening, uh, 
of the of the shayfa. So, in general, the, there's the there's the I spoke only about the the infinite light, and then the and then the finite diminished light that enters into our lives and enlivens our our bodies and our souls and so on. But we didn't discuss the pratim at all. Next page. And when we were explaining that it wasn't possible to to discuss the 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 distinctions this that that and, and even now we can't possibly even with all the Kabbalists from it's not possible for us to understand the infinite madragas, the infinite levels of where is the light of Hashem holding at each stop along the way. That if we would if we would pause at that place, where is the light holding? It's not just one big thing that travels through to one tiny thing. It's not that there's an infinite light of God and the next thing you know it's like Yankee Stadium. There's 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 like a lot of stuff going on in between. And and that's why that's how the Samasetic explains which we once spoke about. He he's just explaining a tariff from the from his father from the Alter Rabbi that the the whole Indian of of Rosh Hashanah being the Yom Haddin. So Rosh Hashanah is the Yom Haddin. But the Gemara says that every day is a day of judgment. And then the Gemara goes on to say brings the Pasik, it says the which means that every moment you're being judged. Every moment, the regret means every second of your life you're being judged. So then, what's the big deal about the Yom Haddin? What's the big deal about Yom Haddin? We should be, we should be blowing shayfa all, all day and night. We should be blowing shayfa every single minute of the life. Should be should be we should be saying this on a tike. We should be screaming and yelling out. Avinu Malkeinu. What's the Yom Haddin? It's the big thing. Adam did and then the regret tivkanenu. Every single moment is a din. So that Samasetic explains from his from his, uh, from his grandfather, his father from his grandfather. Samasetic explains the Indian of Adam Nidim B'chal Yaim and Yaim Haddin. And then at the end of life, there's a, there's a Dina Rabbah, then there's a great day of judgment at the end of life. So somebody can say to the Baruch why bother judging me every second? When I'm 120, we'll, we'll work it out. Right? We'll have a big din, and we'll work it out on 120, but you have to go to the trouble of, of uh, every second you have to din. So... So the Shem Tzedek explains that that on, on Rosh Hashanah, for sure there's a din on Rosh Hashanah of how what, of how, of of what of of um, of what is the shefa, what is the, in other words, what's going to be poured out into your life from the wine vat. But every single day, in other words, let's say there was a shefa that you were supposed to have that on that on this particular day, uh, whatever it is, on that on that day of the year, on 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 uh, Gimel Kislev, on Gimel Kislev, so so there was a, a big shefa that was being poured into your life, and every that's the din of Rosh Hashanah of what the shefa is going to be, but then every single day of the year and every single moment of Gimel Kislev, there's a din, as the shefa descends into the world, it has to be. It has to be inspected. It has to be evaluated for where where you're holding at that time in that world, and where you where you where you are spiritually and so on. 
and how is that going to make it through all of the worlds? So you could have a bracha, for, a person could have a bracha to, to have a, a, a tremendous aisha, tremendous wealth. And it was cuts of, and it was set up by Rosh Hashanah, you would have a tremendous wealth. So then how come it came, during, when it came by the end of the year, it comes to El, you, you, you have less money than you had the year before. So there are all kinds of dinim, and there are bate dinim that Samasarek teaches us from the Tanya. There are, there's a bezin that's set up, so to speak, there's a bezin that's set up every step along the way. It's not that it just flows straight from Rosh Hashanah down to El. There's a there's a bezdan every single every single day every single where where are you where are you in, in this moment of your life where are you holding and whether or not that chef or that or is going to be permitted to descend and to become more concrete till it takes the shape and form of 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 parnasa of dollars and cents that you could actually use in the world and so on it's a it's it's a it's a um, very involved um, it's a very involved tire but we 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 don't realize that there are millions of levels millions infinite levels. As the light of Hashem and the Shefa of Hashem descends into this world, <clears throat> that it's a pillar that it makes it that it makes it bechlal for all the different regions can make it for all reasons. Davening is the most powerful time to draw that Shefa into your life. Davening is the most. That's what davening. Davening, the ikkar of davening, and that's why if you look in the Siddurim, many of the Siddurim say on top of the page. Uh, uh, as we spoke about last year that the davening is divided into four parts if you look in the Siddurim, you'll see the Svardash Siddurim I mean this, by the Svardim they for sure in all the Siddurim it says which island you're in at that, at that time there are four general islands and the Siddur is a trip through those four islands through the four worlds it's a trip through the islands and that's only talking about the four general elements. If you look, if you, if you, next time you be in this farm store, not not uh, one of the local stores, but if you're going to if you're going to a, a, a farm store that's fully equipped, so you walk and you say, "Can I see the sidur of the Rishash? Don't buy it. Just say, "I'd like to see the sidur of the Rishash, and I'll and I'll and I'll show you the sidur of the Rishash. And you look there, and you'll see. It'll say one word. It'll say Ashrei. The top of the page will say Ashray, and some not even. It'll just say an Aleph, and you have to turn page to get the Shin. It'll say Ashray, and then it'll have a whole page of things that look like Chinese, different Isis, and how the Isis are divided with the Shemus of Hashem, with the Aleph and the Shin, and so on and so forth. So that when when an, when an, uh, a person who's uh, who's on that Madrega to look at that Siddur, when when he says the word Ashray, and the word Ashray. He's he's at a particular in the letter Aleph of Ashrei. He's at a particular point in the descent of the Shefa that's coming from above to below. And the Makubal, the true Makubal, knows exactly where that where he is in the Ulmas coming from above to below on the Aleph of Ashrei. Not only on the Aleph of Ashrei, but on the on the top of the Aleph, the bottom, and the line. He knows exactly what that means, and it's at that time of the day. And, there's a, and, and, and you can only tap into certain kaiches and the certain shafa at different times at certain times. That's why our kashas that we have, so, so you know, how could this person daven then? How could they, I'm not talking about people like us, that we just have to daven according to the right times in Shulchan Aruch. We have, a, we have no asag of these things. But the great, great, great exalted tzaddikim that, that, that understood where things are holding at certain times and they had to tap into certain kaiches. All of this has to do with the shafa or the light that's descending from above to below. And we only know about it in a general way. Then if you look in this, it says that there are four four worlds. And each part of the davening corresponds to another 
to another uh, world. But we don't know what that, those worlds are. We don't know what that means. And there are dinim, there are judgments that are taking place on each level, whether it's going to continue on and downward, that is actually going to to, to, to be part of the Eilam Hasi, of this physical world, and even the physical world. So now that the rain comes into the world, so it's been determined that there's going to be rain. Is the rain going to fall on a day when you really need the rain or when you don't need the rain? Like the Mar talks about in Thomas. Is it going to fall in a place that's already saturated with water? And it's already, so what, there's going to be some more rain in Miami. There's going to be some more rain, you know, in Florida. I think they got another one on the way. So there's going to be, a, there's going to be another rain. This place is already, or, 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 or it's already filled with rain. So somebody, somebody's, uh, this past week there was a lot of rain. So somebody's standing in a certain place. And all of a sudden, it starts to it starts to pour again, and the streets are flooded, and it starts to rain again. And and there's a voice that's coming, a that's coming down and says, "You asked for rain on Rosh Hashanah. Here's your rain. He got it." She says, "I don't want it here, and I don't want it now. Give it to me like give it to me as a farmer. I don't want it now. It's ruined my entire field. I want this rain. You know, I I, I needed this rain on June 15th." After the after for six after six weeks of drought, I needed uh, there was nothing cooking. I needed rain. Now I'm getting that. Now I have a flood, and, I, and and my and my whole field is ruined. I have nothing. No, nope. so the rain came down in a way that wasn't lebracha. When when we say mashibracha merdegeshem or meridatal, the svadim always scream out lebracha, right? It's a big thing. The same talamata lebracha. Shefa can come to the world. Doesn't have to be lebracha. And that's what we say. And our tefillah for Tal, and the tefillah for Geshem. It should be Lebrachal Eilklov. Geshem could be a terrible quote. There, there are thousands and thousands of lives that have been destroyed. People have died because of the Geshem this past week, because of the rain in America this past week. People are dead. Lives are ruined. It should be Lebrachal Eilklov. So how the Shefa comes into the world. And, and the Iker is the tefillah, the Karach tefillah. That the Shefa should descend in a way. That, that, that gives life at the right time, the right place, and how much should be released into the world as the Tfila and the different elements. And how is it that the, and how the wine is being poured through the vat or how the electricity is coming out from Khan Edison. So Khan Edison over here it's another place, I forgot um, what it's called. Lipa? Not Lilka or what happened to Lilka? Oh, I missed that. Oh. oh yeah, I missed that part. So okay. So imagine someone says, somebody says, you know, it's it's uh, it's dark in my room. Oh, I don't have good lighting. Could you could you guys help me out? He doesn't he doesn't get an electrician. He doesn't get somebody you know like uh, somebody that, to take care of his house. He calls up Lipa and some wise guy Lipa like plugs in the generator into this guy's apartment, and then you know the whole block blows up and the whole the whole place is finished. So he says, you want you want electricity? You got it. You want light? You got it. It's, just, it's too too lichtig. I can't. I can't. The guy dies because of all the light. So <clears throat> the shefa, <clears throat> the shefa has to come through the through malchus, through malchus, and that's what we're going to learn about. So he asks, he says, Hashem." We can't ask, how do you know that Hashem has made these separate levels? How do you know that? How do you know? Maybe it's just one big light. How do you know that? How do you know that, there's a, that, that, that it's been divided into four general worlds and then the worlds into sub-worlds? How do you know that? That, that Rebbe says, you can't ask that. 
That's like somebody that's standing outside the fortress and starts to ask silly questions. Like, you can't Kabbalah be a Danim. And Avram Avinu Hanavim, we have a Kabbalah from Avram Avinu from the Sefiyot Seer. And from what? And from the Nevim and from all the Tanaim. That, that, that this is what we have. We have four worlds. That's Kabbalah be a Danim. How do we know? V'loi lama hivdilam. And you can't ask, why did Hashem create the world in such a way? That's what Hashem is wanted. It's not, it's not a kasha. We can't even understand really the nature of the of the of the of how each world was was created, how each world exists in a, in a way that's distinct from the other world. We can't even understand that on a human level to understand. We, we, he says, even what has been explained in the Svar Makadashim and the Kabbalah Svar, I can't come to, to talk about now. There is a great deal that's explained. And there, there are huge sections of the Kisvari that are dealing with the, with, with the four elements. He says, but that, that's, not what I, that's not something that can be done now. I just want to show a model of understanding the four worlds by this world that we're in. Because the four worlds exist here as well. We're not talking about physical places that you could go, you know, you could take your family for Cholomai. We're talking about Dargis and Ruchnis. And there are, in this world that we're in, just like everything is the ten spheres, so too everything is the four elements. Because even though we're in the Elamasiya, but in the Elamasiya, there's Bria, there's Yitzir, and so on. In the Elamasiya, there are divisions and subdivisions. This is the this is the nature of a person's way of understanding. We're able to, when you see something in the, in, in the world that you're familiar with, a model of this, or a marshal of this in the world, then you're able to have greater understanding. And when you, when a person is able to see that there are different levels of souls, there are, there are great souls and there are souls that are on a lower level in this world. Souls. We're not talking about the soul necessarily now of, of an Adam God and a smaller person, but we're talking about there. Are, there, there is in our physical world, there are there. Are, there is a hierarchy of the high, from the highest level of spirituality to the lowest, meaning from medaber, right, the highest level, a human being who's able to speak, a chai, an animal, sameach, a plant, and a daimem, an inanimate object. So we have four worlds, and the four worlds can be best understood again. Not understood does not mean that now we are, now we know what it is. Mm-hmm. But it means that we have a way of grasping the edge of the four worlds by, by taking a look at how we have four levels of physical reality. Daimem, inanimate, samech, plants, chai, um, animals, and medabra, human beings. So we, we can begin to appreciate the four elements only by trying to relate to it through the through the four levels of reality, which at the end is the four levels of reality in of physical reality do correspond to the four elements. But we're not going to know what that means entirely, just like we don't know what the fortress is. But an introduction, that, that and a way that people like us can have something, something of a little bit of a hasaga of what this means.
from the big nefashas down to the low nefashas. understand a little, 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 tiny, tiny bit of what the islamists are about, of what the worlds are. Let's try to do tshuva and to and to and to give nachas Hashem in all four islamists.